Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. If that sounded too quiet for you, I apologize. When I set this all up prior hand, I still had it on a low volume, but if you can hear it normally, that's good. Welcome on into the Hooper's Log. We are one day away from the regular season beginning, and it is a time to be excited, a time to be jazzed up for the NBA regular season. It is that time of year where, let me tell you, this is going to be one of those years where it just it, it's all going to work itself out. I'm telling you. The NBA regular season is right around the corner. Again, my name is Simo Buckets. I have my host, Andrew Norris, here on the line with me. He will be on the show shortly. Uh, A phone number, if you want to call in and talk about anything preseason prediction-wise, get on in, and then the phone number is 323-642-1558. Again, my name is Simo Buckets. Andrew Norris is on the line. It is your Monday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, NBA 2015 2016 prediction show. This is all predictions. If you want to get any insight on the prior, on the prior last couple of uh, shows that we had when it came to breaking down the divisions, check those out. We have those up on the CLNS radio app. Again, CLNS.com for the radio. If you want to check that out, all of our previews for each divisions are on there. Every single one from Eastern Western Conference, we have that there. Again, Simo Buckets, you can check out previous shows. All of those previous shows are also on that website. If you want to go there as well, click on the radio app, and you can scroll down, and you'll find all the links to all those division previews as well. Again, beanies, T-shirts, they're coming out in November. Sometime, they will be out in November, and we'll let you know as soon as that happens. Again, starting next week, we will be doing daily shows, and I repeat that, daily shows. They're not going to be 90 minutes. They're not going to be that long. They're going to be about 30 45 minutes a day uh, from basically November 2nd all the way until the NBA Finals. And, again, we're not going to go every single day. We have Thanksgiving. We have Christmas. We have New Year's. We have holiday season. We have all these things coming up. Life happens. And things – we won't have shows every single day. But every day that I'm available, you better believe there's going to be a – there's going to be a show coming on on here on Blog Talk Radio for CLNS. It's going to be up, and it's going to be live and wild. Again, we have our NBA 2K16 giveaway. We're not going to give out the question here. But it is still going on, and if you want to know the question, just preview one of our six divisions, and you will see, uh, you will get the question, and you can make the answer still, either to our Twitter or the phone, or call in today. And, and if you want to get it today, that would be awesome. The phone number, 323-642-1558. I guess I'll give it to you then. What is the career total points in Game 5s for Michael Jordan's career in the NBA Finals? That's kind of all hodgepodge, but if it sounds the way it sounds, it is what it is. Again, 
today is all predictions. There's no really in-depth outside of the the, the awards we're going to give out uh, for the preseason. We're not going to break down any divisions or anything like that. We're going to mostly break down the playoffs, mostly, mostly break down our predictions and our, and our five bold uh, statements that we have. We, we got a lot going. First things first, though. Last night, yesterday, excuse me, with a heavy heart, and shockingly show, because if you listen to our Northwest Division preview on Friday, which is it still blows my mind that was only three days ago, two days ago. And uh, my prediction for coach of the year in the Northwest Division has left us. He has passed away. Flip Saunders died at the age of 60 last night, yesterday at morning, I believe. And it it's a little surreal from the standpoint of, look, we knew going into Saturday that the guy had his cancer come back and it was already it, it, we already know that it was going to be tough. We already knew he was going to be out for a while, but the the speculation was he was going to be back by March, sometime midway through the season, maybe later portion of the season. We knew he'd be back. We had a feeling because of how this had gone before with him, how things had worked out. We, we had a feeling, a good feeling that that he was going to be back and on the sidelines sooner than later. Just just knowing him as a you know as a person and as a head coach, he just seemed to be the guy that could just come back and he'd be fine. All of a sudden. Yeah, I, I go to softball practice. For those of you that don't know, I play softball in my spare time. And my buddy here, Andrew Norris, who I'll introduce just just a second, he he texts me saying, "Dude, Flip Saunders," and I'm like, "Yeah." And then I scroll up on my phone, and I'm just thinking, "What? The guy died? I can't. I can't even. I can't even." It was a a shocking state of events. And uh, for all those who are listening live or listening to the podcast, this show today will be will be in dedication. This prediction show will be in dedication to Flip Saunders. Anything you want to say, Andrew? First of all, Andrew, how you doing, man? I'm I'm doing good. I'm saddened to hear the news about Flip Saunders. It's it's really just terrible. It's shocking. It's too quick. It's too soon for a guy when you when you look around the league and you look at what these guys are saying. He just was down to earth. He didn't let the fame get to him. He was just there when you needed him. It's really sad to hear, um, but on the other front, I'm also extremely excited. I mean, we got we got the NBA season starting here tomorrow. We got my two favorite teams playing on opening night, the Pistons and the Cavs. It's just I, I'm I'm sitting at work and I can't even focus, and it's just man, I'm I'm just excited. I'm I'm sad. I'm excited. It's a mix of emotions today throughout you know just throughout the whole uh, basketball world, really. It's it's uh, it is a sad mixture of and. And there's one guy that I feel for the most heading into this season who I think is going to have kind of like a Ken Griffey Jr. type year. And when I mean that, I mean a guy who's going to come in and we don't have expectations for him to do well just based on his age and how long he's been in the league and all that. But I believe he's going to have a resurrection year just based upon this situation alone over the weekend, and that's Kevin Garnett. For those who don't know, Kevin Garnett's been in the league forever. He's been in the league since the early 90s, mid-90s. And Flip Saunders was really his head. He was he was his head coach for the first ten years of his career. And then when Kevin Garnett got traded to the Celtics, obviously he went to Doc Rivers. I have a weird feeling that Doc Rivers is going to be kind of a mentor for KG here during the season, kind of as a personal friend from the standpoint of look, these were really KG's two fathers. I mean, you have you have uh, you have Doc Rivers who really helped grow KG into a champion. Uh, Flip Saunders really grew KG into more of a man than beforehand. And last season when KG came to the Timberwolves, I mean, obviously Flip Saunders was there again. 
and they kind of reunited. And this was going to be the year where the where the youth were going to grow and the, the older gentlemen were going to help them as well. And, and KG kind of had the mindset of, you know, I'm just going to be here and help. Well, now it's like they've lost their they've lost their 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 main guy, and I have a weird feeling knowing KG and knowing his competitive side and knowing his intensity, this is going to be one of those years. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to have the best year ever. I'm just going to sit here and tell you that he's probably going to play above above what we all think he's going to play. I'm thinking more of like a an 18 point per night kind of guy, nine rebounds. You're looking at a guy who's going to average maybe a 10 and 15 and 10 per night. He's going to go off this season just based on the fact. Look. I've lost someone in my life. People, you know, people forget Kevin Garnett has spent most of his life in the NBA. The guy came in straight out of high school in Chicago, and he's been in the NBA since he was 18. The guy is almost 40. And Flip Saunders was there for a majority of the time. And for that reason alone, it's, it's, it's like you said, mixed emotions, mixed feelings. But, again, the season is right around the corner and we're going to get this going. We're going to start off with our five bowl predictions. Andrew, are you ready to get these predictions going? Oh, I'm ready, dude. I, I, some people yes, are going to hate us for all our right, predictions. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. I agree with you. People are going to hate us for our predictions. There's a lot of people out <laughs> there who don't like who don't like hearing the negative about what they like to hear. And we're going to start off with our five bold predictions. And I'm going to start off with mine, and then, Andrew, you come in and you – you say yours right after I say mine, and I'm just going to go through them. First of all, and when we mean by five bold predictions, it's, it's basically what it's going to do is it's going to, it's going to frame kind of how our predictions go for the year and what we think is going to happen. So it's a little bit of a spoiler, but not really because it's more of giving you a realistic idea of what we think is going to happen. One of my bold predictions this year is Rudy Gobert is going to be a third-team All-NBA center. That's saying something. Considering the NBA is absolutely, and, and this is a shocker to say, but the NBA these days is absolutely loaded with centers. I'm talking – you're talking about a guy in DeMarcus Cousins. We were even talking about Andre Drummond. You can talk about Marcus Saul, Dwight Howard, who's coming back healthy. And there's more and more and more guys out there, maybe even DeAndre Jordan, who knows. It's, it is a loaded league for centers. Rudy Gobert is a guy that can come in this year, and as I said in our Northwest Division preview, a guy who can come in this year and make the step like no other and help this team make the step like no other. If he can get there and get this team to the level that we expect them to be this year, potentially in the Western Conference, it has to be due to this guy, Rudy Gobert. He has to be the mainstay. He has to be in the category of, look, one of the better centers in the NBA, top five to even make it, give this team a chance this season to really do anything when it comes postseason time. And I believe Rudy Gobert can make that step. And if he does, I'm telling you, if he's third team All-NBA, you're looking at a Utah Jazz team with a future that is brighter than probably any other team in the NBA. My second bold prediction, Paul George will finish top three in the MVP. Look, he's coming back healthy. He, this Pacers team is loaded compared to uh, the last couple of seasons, which obviously last year they were hurt. But the previous years before that, you can make the case that they have more talent now than they had in those two seasons where they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Paul George has to finish in the top three for this team to do well this season, for this team to even make the postseason. He has to finish at a very high clip for them to do anything. And I believe it can be done. I mean, think about it. You have this, – this, this NBA is loaded with small forward positions. You got Kevin Garnett – excuse me, Kevin Durant. You got LeBron James, obviously. And then you got a couple of guys and, you know, Andrew Wiggins is coming up. He's more of a shooting guard. But you, and you got Carmelo Anthony. You've got a loaded – 
small forward position. And Paul George was a guy at one point, you can make the case two, three years ago, was a guy that really was the next up-and-coming guy. Unfortunately, he got hurt in that horrific injury in the FIBA League back in August 1st of 2014. But the guy has come back, back better than ever. And watch him come into this season. If he can make a top three run in the NBA final, excuse me, MVP race, this is a guy you can look at and say, wow, this team really is legit. Look out for the Pacers. My next prediction, bold prediction, nobody in the East will win 60 games. I repeat that. No one will win 60 games in the Eastern Conference. Think about this. Like I said, the Cleveland Cavaliers guard position, and I know they have LeBron. I know LeBron can do what he's done, but can he do it forever? I I don't think so. He's going to be great. Don't get me wrong. But this year – the Cavs are going to come into the season with injuries, and it's not a chemistry problem. It's an injury problem. They're not healthy coming into this season. They just aren't. And if they did come healthy into this season, you better believe I'd be having them at 65, 68 wins. But to considering the Eastern Conference has kind of gotten weaker on top of the fact that Cavaliers are going to come out, and, and they could win 60. Don't get me wrong. I just think they'll fall short based upon the fact that early on in the year – they're going to start off a little slow. And if you look at a team like the Atlanta Hawks, if you look at a team like the uh, Golden State Warriors from last year, Golden State got off to a ridiculously hot start. I think they only lost like two games in their first 20, if I'm not mistaken, 25. And the Atlanta Hawks had a stupid pace from Black Friday all the way until Super Bowl Sunday where they only lost two games. you got to have that kind of run. And can the Cavs do that? Yes. With the bench they have, with the team they have, yes. The problem is in that first two months, I'm skeptical with them starting getting off to a hot start just based upon their guard play. And that's where I think that they're, they're going to fall short of 60 wins, and any team in the Eastern Conference is going to fall short of 60 wins. My fourth bold prediction before we get to Andrew, we're gonna go to, I'm going to go to my fifth one after this. Steph Curry will not be a top three point guard this season. Again, I am not a hater on the Golden State Warriors. I think Steph Curry is unbelievable. I think Steph Curry deserved everything he got last year. He was the best player in the league by far. It got to a point, and it got to a point where we did have four legitimate MVP conversations in James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, and even a guy in Anthony Davis, maybe even DeMarcus Cousins at times. We had that conversation. And considering coming into this season and considering everything that has to go well for Golden State, for, for Steph Curry to do what he did again next from last year, the chances are slim. And considering there's certain guys coming into this year who are way more fired up to start this year than a guy like Steph Curry. And that's not to knock Steph Curry. It just is what it is. When you come off a championship win, unless you prove it, which Golden State still has to do, which is tough considering the year they had last year, it's going to be so tough for him to prove. This NBA is so loaded in point guard talent. It's ridiculously loaded in point guard talent. And a guy like Steph Curry, to have him do a back-to-back type of thing like he did last year, you're talking about pure insanity. This guy was unbelievable last year. Best shooter in the league, was clearly the best player on the best team in the NBA, led his team to so many wins. He Again, the problem, though, people need to forget, this guy didn't play in many fourth quarters last year. This guy did not come in and close out ball games because they didn't need to. He's not going to need to be that kind of guy if they don't need him. And he hasn't proven, and he's proven in the playoffs, but when it comes to the regular season, he hasn't proven – that he needs to come out every single night and win in the fourth quarter. There's times where he's done it. He proved it in the playoffs, a la you know, New Orleans Pelicans from you know, the playoffs last year. He's proven he can make clutch shots and win ballgames. He's done that. But in the regular season, night in and night out, he didn't do that last year, people. He was lucky from that perspective. If he would have had to come in and be in a close game night in and night out for the Golden State Warriors team, who knows where he would have been. Maybe he wouldn't have been the MVP. Maybe they would have lost a couple of those games. He hasn't proven that part yet in the regular season on a night-in-and-night-out basis. 
in the postseason, yes, but that's a different brand of basketball. And I think considering the players we have coming into this year at, at the point guard position who are hungrier than ever to be successful, I, I just don't think Steph Curry is going to be a top three point guard this season. I think right now he is, but this season. I'm talking about getting all NBA. I think he's going to miss out, and I think that's a big-time prediction considering that this team just won the NBA championship. And my last one, and this is pretty obvious. I think this is, this is a pretty obvious, bold prediction, but it's not from the standpoint of there's a lot of bad teams right now in the NBA. Uh, there's about five or six really bad teams in the NBA right now. But three of them coincide in one division. And I mentioned this in our preview for the Eastern Conference Atlantic Division, the Knicks, the Nets, and the Sixers. I think those are the three worst teams in the Eastern Conference, and I can bet you I wouldn't put money on it, but I probably if I put money on it, I'd probably put like a dollar or two because the odds would be very high. But I think that, honestly, the Nets, the Knicks, and the Sixers could all have the top three picks in the NBA draft in 2016 because both all three of these teams are horrific. And, I mean, the Knicks have a little bit of growth and a little bit of something to prove, but they are nowhere near the point where they need to be. The Nets are a spiraling circus of just clowns running around. They got no, nothing to prove. And the 76ers, like I mentioned, Robert Covington, if you have Robert Covington to lean on as something to, to bank off, you got some serious problems on that organization. Both are young. I mean, all three are young. All three have potential, but, I mean, really, they're not good, and they're bad. Those are my five bold predictions. Andrew, take it away, your bold predictions. All right, my first one, uh, and a lot of people, especially Milwaukee fans, Milwaukee fans are kind of nuts on their team right now, which is good. Uh, first one is that the Bucks will miss the playoffs. Um, I, I don't see them winning a whole lot of games this year. The leap they took last year was absurd. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in NBA history. Um, but this team is going to hit a little problem that I've spoken on before called uh, Greg Monroe. Um, he's going to cost this team a few games. He's going to put up the, that 15-10 and 10 stat line. Sure, he's a good fantasy player. I actually took him in me and Chris's fantasy draft last night. Uh, he's going to put up the, that good stat line. But the mentality he'll add to this team, the whininess, the not getting back on defense and not playing any defense is really going to hurt them. Uh, on top of that, after this team traded Brandon Knight last year, they were a bottom five team in the East. Uh, way under 500 and just not the same team. Uh, I think Brandon Knight was the perfect fit for this team, and having a uh, point guard like Michael Carter-Williams works on a lot of teams. It doesn't work in Jason Kidd's system, which is weird because Michael Carter-Williams does a lot of the same things that Jason Kidd did um, as far as, you know, points, rebounds, and assists. But it's just it just didn't work last year, and I don't see it working this year. Um, second bold prediction, Andre Drummond will top point-per-game mark and he will also top the 14 rebound per game mark, which will put him in the top seven for the MVP voting. Uh, this guy's got better every year. His stat line didn't improve much last year, and being the homer that I am, you know, obviously with this bold prediction, I watch, I watch almost every Pistons game. Uh, a big part of that stat line not improving last year was when the first probably half of the season, the first 41 games, uh, this guy would go out and he'd get four or five fouls and play, you know, 25 minutes a game. But he'd still put up 15 and 15. Um, towards the end of the season, he, he improved with the fouls. He got much better, much better, much better. And on top of that, as far as getting up to 20 points per game, you know, that free throw shooting is going to improve. It's got to happen at some point. Uh, I foresee it happening uh, sooner rather than later. 
So, like I said, Andre Drummond, 20-plus points per game, 14-plus rebounds per game, and top seven in the MVP voting, putting himself up there for one of the, if not the best center in the league. Um, third bold prediction, again, it's kind of like your last one. I'm not sure how bold it is, um, but Kevin Durant will play less than 60 games this year. Um, I think 60 might even be being generous. Uh, as I said when we previewed uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, seven-footers or near-seven-footers with foot injuries rarely, if ever, make it back. Um, it's things that just keep on coming back, keep on coming back. Uh, you Look at Yao Ming, seven-foot-six. You know, knee and down. Look at Greg, Greg Oden's knees. Of course, these guys are bigger than Kevin Durant, but – He's 6'10", 6'11", and that might be being generous, uh, or not generous. That might be taken away a few inches. He's a big, huge, tall guy. He's just nimble. He's quick. Uh, but, you know, I see that foot sparking up and bothering him again, whether it's early in the season, late in the season. I don't see him making it through the whole season more than 60 games, um, you know, which will keep him out of MVP discussion, all-NBA discussion, things like that. My – Next bold prediction, and probably my boldest prediction, is the Spurs will only win 49 games, people. 49 games. How many years in a row has this team won won 50 games? Like 15, 16, 17 years in a row? I mean, this team is... uh, I think the last time they lost, they they won less than 50 games, was the year they won the title in 98, which was a strike-shortened year. Or no, they won it in 99, when there was a strike-shortened year. But yes, go on. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's nuts. I mean, the the history of this team, but here's the problem I'm having. Um, they're going to have to adjust to having a star. I mean, they, they've had Tim Duncan, who's one of the best, if not the best power forward of all time, but they've never had a guy who came in and was going to shoot almost 20 shots like LaMarcus Aldridge. You're going to start the season slow to the point where people are, you know, worried about playoffs, no playoffs. And, um, you know, this Spurs team, of course they're going to adjust. Of course they're going to get on track. They have Greg Popovich. They have Tim Duncan. They have Tony Parker. They have a system in place that can make the the 76ers win 35 games. I mean, it's just the the culture, the feel down in San Antonio, and, of course, you know, Chris, being the, being the Spurs fan that you are, it's just unreal. It's unlike anything in sports. It's the 1950s Yankees. It's the – it's the New England Patriots of today. That's it's it's my Red Wings up here in Detroit. Just making the playoffs every year, winning a ton of games every year, and just doing it the right way. But I'm telling you, something is going to slow down this team. Whether it's Lamarcus Aldridge, whether it's old age, whether it's just they're not as driven as they were in previous years, and they're gonna they're gonna miss it by one game. Forty nine games this team will win. They're not gonna win forty one, forty two. They're not gonna be that bad, but they. 49 games is my prediction for them. Uh, And my final bold prediction is the Cavs will only lose one game in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Uh, They're going to sweep first round. They're going to lose a game. I don't want to give away my bracket yet just in case we go over this. They're going to lose a game in the second round. Then they're going to sweep the Eastern Conference finals. Uh, This Cavs team, when they get healthy, is going to be one of the best teams to ever step foot on a basketball court. It's the talent on this team is absurd. They're going to have a full year under their belt. They're going to have LeBron, Kyrie, and Love. If if they're all healthy, this team will only lose one game in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And then, you know, the finals is a different story, but one game in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Those are some pretty bold predictions we got here coming in for you. Again, FanDuel is going to be our representative this year when it comes to uh, daily fantasy sports. NBA fans, 
The season is back, and so is the one-day fantasy action over at FanDuel.com. There is no better time to sign up and get playing than right now. Now, for those of you who live out here in the Pacific Northwest, and there's about three other states, four other states, unfortunately, where there's no fun allowed, uh, we can't do these type of things here. Uh, they, they show up on our sports radio, and they show up on our sports television. They show up everywhere we are here in the Pacific Northwest. But then you, the moment you upload the app, it says illegal. You can't do it, Washington. Ah, and then it, it turns you away, and it makes you undownload the, the, the app. It's crazy. But if you live in a place like Andrew Norris does, Andrew can give you some experience on what he's had with his daily fantasy experience. Man, I'm telling you, this is this is the way to make the NBA season more fun than it already is. You go in, you go in every day if you want. You can put any amount of money, whether it be one dollar, whether it be no money. You just want to play a league to see how you're doing, whether it be ten thousand dollars, whatever you want to do. You put that amount of money on. You pick your team, and you go from there. You got two point guards, um, two shooting guards, two small forwards two power forwards and a center to pick. You have a $60,000 salary cap. I uh, I got my top fan duel scorer of opening night. I actually have Anthony Davis. Uh, this guy, you know, he does it all, assists, points, rebounds, blocks, everything, steals. Um, but, you know, he's pretty expensive. So then you want to look for your best value pick. Mine would be Stanley Johnson of my Detroit Pistons. I really like the way this guy plays. I think he's going to get a, 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 not a ton of minutes, but enough minutes to really affect the game. And he's at just over $4,000 of that $60,000 salary cap. And then my worst pick, and this is this is hard for me, you know how big of a fan I am, is actually LeBron. Uh, he's not going to play a ton of minutes, and he's a ton of money. They're not going to go out and have him play 40 minutes opening night after getting that shot in his back. So my advice would be to stay away from LeBron, go get Stanley Johnson, and on a, on a three-game slate, you need that biggest score, go get Anthony Davis. There's one guy I want to talk about real quick, and I know I can't make any picks because I live out here in no fun land, the Pacific Northwest. But if there's one guy who's expensive they're going to pick up on your one-day fantasy league for tomorrow, that's Steph Curry. You better believe this guy's getting a ring tomorrow. This guy's going to be the toast of the town in the Bay Area. He is a guy to pick up because I can guarantee you something. When this guy has not the pressure, but when he has the fun slated on him like he's going to have for tomorrow in a ring ceremony game, he is going to absolutely light it up from outside, and he's going to get you the points you need. And another guy to pick up or another couple of guys to look into are the big men in Atlanta. Again, I know you don't want to hear this, but I'm telling you, Paul Millsap and Al Horford are going to find a way to do something on the rebound side of the basketball. If you need rebounds, if you need guys to get your boards, get one of those two guys because I know they're going to be a little expensive on the on the lenient side, but when it comes to their ability to compete and battle down low, I know Andre Drummond's going to probably get 19 rebounds in game one, but those guys are going to get the other 30 rebounds in the game. I'm telling you, those those guys are going to battle down low. One-day fantasy basketball at FanDuel.com. Leagues for real money with immediate cash payouts. Pick a team of nine players. For those of you that are new, who've never done fantasy basketball on a daily basis, this is the thing you can do from starting tomorrow all the way until mid-April, basically until the Final Four is over, basically until the NCAA championship comes around. Think about that. That's from now. We're in the late – we're in mid-fall all the way up until basically the first month of spring. That's how long this goes. This isn't the the NFL where it's once every 16 days or once every – once a week for, you know, 16, 17 Sundays out of the year. This is every single day 
from tomorrow all the way until mid-April. And for those of you that are new, again, take a team of nine players, two point guards, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two power forwards, and one center with just players from either either tomorrow's games, the next games, each game for, for one night, for one night, you get to pick the team that you want. Payouts will be in your account the next morning, the next day. Play every day or whenever you want. Leagues start at just $1. Finally, it can be, you can be a fan and get paid to be a fan. Finally, it can pay to be a fan. Mention, I mean, if you think about it, again, some of the players that we have mentioned that are going to be playing tomorrow night in the opening night, I mean, again, big-time games. You got, you got the Pistons. And you got the uh, you got the Pistons, and you got who else is there? Pistons, Atlanta, Cleveland, and Chicago, New Orleans, and Golden State. You have some serious players coming in tomorrow. We mentioned them already. And if you're willing to do it tomorrow, get it started, get it going. Never, if you've never played on FanDuel before, games have never been bigger. Join the over one million other fans who have already won money playing fantasy sports on FanDuel.com. You know basketball. Prove it at FanDuel.com. I mean, if you're listening to the show, you know basketball. Come on, you listen to us. We do better than Sports Illustrated. If you've been looking at the Sports <laughs> Illustrated preview, you've got to be kidding me with this stuff, man. We can beat those guys. We're better than those guys. You've been listening to this show, you know your basketball. Trust me. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone to use the upper right-hand corner. Uh, use the code CELTICS. C-E-L-T-I-C-S, and sign up now. Plus, right now, we have a special offer for the listeners. Sign up today, and FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 200 bucks. That's a bonus of up to 200 bucks. a lot like what the NFL is doing. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the code CELTICS. Don't forget to use the code CELTICS, C-E-L-T-I-C-S. That's FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, the F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com today. Sign up today, use that Celtics promo code, and you'll match, it'll match up your cash like you know it. Again, if you've been listening to this show, I can guarantee you you're going to dominate because, again, starting in November, we're going to be talking every single day about basketball. And you're going to know by that night, you're going to be like, okay, who did, what, what did the Hoopers Log say? What did they say about this guy, that guy, this guy? Okay. All right, I can feel it. I'm feeling what they're doing. Okay, I see what they're saying. And then, bam, you pick your guys. You're going to make money. You're going to be calling us up. You're going to be sponsoring the show. I'm just joking. But uh, the point is, is it's going to be a fantastic opportunity for you to jump in with FanDuel through CLNS this year. Again, due to the death of, uh, of Frank of Flip Saunders, we had a death here in CLNS about two, three months ago. Um, one of our own uh, passed away. Flip Saunders passed away, and there's always one song I play to help uh, commemorate their life, and this is the song I want to play. We'll be right back with our uh, season predictions for each division, our awards, first-teamers, second-teamers, third-teamers, all that good stuff. We'll be back with that in just a moment. It's been a you my friend and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again we've come a long way from where we began oh I'll tell you all about it when I see you again when I see you again damn who knew all the planes we flew good things we've been through 
I'll be standing right here talking to you about another path. I know we love to hit the road and laugh, but something told me that it wouldn't last. Had to switch up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those were the days, hard work forever paid. Now I see you in a better place. Uh, how can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you gon' be with me for the last ride. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Again, died at the age of 60 this past weekend. The former head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves coming into this season with heavy hearts. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Kevin Garnett picture yet with him sitting in front of his uh, his his parking spot for the team, it's pretty emotional. It's pretty good stuff. Again, Kevin Garnett pretty much spent half of his career with that guy. And uh, it's a heavy loss for those in Minnesota. Um, but again... Big time stuff, good stuff um, from the standpoint of moving into the NBA season where we can put this ahead, put this behind us and we can uh, we can move on to bigger and funner and better things in actual basketball and move on from the death of a guy that uh, really was, I mean, I never heard anything bad about this guy. I mean, granted, 
there was some kind of odd things going on when he, you know, left teams, but it wasn't anything with to do with his personal manner and who he was as an individual. Uh, again, rest in peace to him and uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. Let's get to some fun things. Uh, we got the Eastern Conference predictions that we have here. Uh, Andrew, you live out the Eastern Conference. How about you go first? All right. Um, just record-wise? Record-wise, what you have in each division, what do you have, like, your predictions of what, what's going to happen, your record, yeah. Okay, let's – Let's start. Let's start with our uh, playoff teams. Let's do that first. Uh, I got my one seed as the Cleveland Cavaliers going against your bold predictions. Not by much, though. Uh, they will go sixty and twenty-two. Um, for my second seed, I do have the Chicago Bulls, ten games back, going fifty and thirty. My wow. third seed. Uh, only my third seed because they'll lose the tiebreaker to the Bulls. The Wizards also winning 50 games and losing 32. Then I got the Atlanta Hawks. Don't think they're going to fall off to the point of like an eight seed or lower. I think they'll go 49 and 33. Uh, then my five seed would be the Toronto Raptors. One game back of them at 48 and 34. So you see we kind of got a log jam in seeds two through five. Uh, six seed, the Pacers, 44 and 38. Um, I think they could still make some noise in the playoffs. I, I think they'll be a better playoff team than a regular season team. Then my seventh yeah. seed would be the Miami Heat at 43 and 39. And then my eighth seed, the hometown Detroit Pistons at 42 <laughs> wins and 40 losses, being carried by a top-seven MVP candidate, Andre Drummond. Who are, your, uh, who are your playoff teams in the East, Chris? Well, my playoff teams in the Eastern Conference are rather simple. Again, you said the Cleveland Cavaliers is the one seed. I have been winning 59 games this year in the Central Division, which I think is, is if not, probably the best division in basketball uh, from the standpoint of, look, I mean, yes, the Eastern Conference is weaker than the West, but when it comes to pure talent, each of these teams could make the make the playoffs, and I have the Cleveland Cavaliers winning first in that division rather handily. I think they'll beat them by six games. The Chicago Bulls, I have them at second, too. I think they're going to win 53 games this year. They're going to find a way to stay relatively competitive throughout the year. They're not going to be great, but they're going to be really, really good. And then you have the three seed. Same division, 49-33, and 33, Indiana Pacers. Again, my bold prediction with Paul George finishing in the top three MVP candidacy you better believe if he finishes in the top three, it's going to be because this team finished in the top three in the Eastern Conference and from a year ago missing the postseason by a tiebreaker. This team's going to be coming in this year and being hungry and motivated. I got Indiana doing that. Fourth seed, the only team, and Boston Celtic fans are going to hate hearing this, the only team coming out of this division winning, uh, winning the division, that's the Toronto Raptors. They're going to be 48-34. and 34. Boston's going to just – I'm telling you, barely missed the postseason. And if they make it, it wouldn't shock me. Again, I think Boston's got a chance to make the postseason. I just think they're going to miss it by just a slim margin. My number five seed, and these are all in a row in the Southeast Division, Miami's going to win that division this year. Now, look, people, last year this team got hurt. Last year this team did not do what we thought they were going to do. But if they come in this year and play healthy and play better with Hassan Whiteside coming in and playing the way he can play, this team can win the division and they can find themselves sneaking into a, a middle-of-the-pack Eastern Conference team. I think they're going to be 47-35, and 35 and they're going to finish fifth in the Eastern Conference. Atlanta's going to be right behind them, 46-36 and 36 with, at the sixth spot. Washington's going to finish right behind them at the seventh spot, 45-37. and 37. 
and then Milwaukee is just going to barely edge out Boston. And I'm talking, I think Boston and Milwaukee are going to be the two teams that are going to battle out for the entire season when it comes to the final spot in that Eastern Eastern Conference. I think Milwaukee is going to get it done. They're going to be 44-38. and 38. Boston in the Atlantic Division is going to be 43-39. The rest of the teams in the Atlantic Division are going to combine, get about, I'd say, 55 wins. I mean, 50, 51 wins. It's going to be bad. Uh, it is, or maybe 70-something wins. Excuse me. I'm not doing math right now. Point is, Brooklyn is 25-57. and 57. I have them. New York, I have them going 20-62. and 62. Philadelphia, 16-66. and 66. And then I have Detroit just barely missing a postseason. I have them winning 39. They can get to 40, but I, I have them at 39, Andrew. Sorry. Uh, or, I know. Orlando, I have them going 38 and 44, making a large jump from last year, being a team to really watch this year. And then Charlotte, I have them going 33 and 49. Who do you have? And then, and then, and then outside of the postseason, I have, I have Boston at the 9, Detroit at the 10, Orlando 11, Charlotte 12, Brooklyn, New York, and Philly all in the bottom three. What do you have as your teams out of the postseason in the Eastern Conference? Uh, the team just missing it. I have the Celtics still uh, missed by two games behind my Pistons. I got them at 40 and 42. Um, as the 10 seed, I actually do have the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they will. I, I got 38 and 44 for them. And then I think there's a little drop-off. The 11 seed, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. 33 wins for them this year. That's 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 all out wow. of them. I, I think that's, what, 33 and uh, 49. Um after that, you're, you, it really gets it really gets ugly. Um, I mean, we're looking at the Orlando Magic. I got them at 32 wins, 32 and 50. Um, then I actually have the Knicks at 31 wins, 31 and 51. But then you see the Nets. I got the Nets at 24 wins, which is is actually not bad for what we're going to be seeing in the next few years. Um, and then the worst team in the East, once again, and maybe the worst team, is the Philadelphia 76ers. Still don't have their first-round pick from last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Nerlens grows, how Jalil steps in. But I got them going 19-63 and 63 as the lowest seed in the East. Now, you're being generous with some of these teams. I mean, come on now. Philadelphia, if they win 16 games, that's a, that's a great season. I mean, they win, they win 19. <laughs> holy cow. Uh, anyway, okay. Western Conference predictions. I'm going to go first. I live in the Western Conference. I live out here. Hello. All right. Uh, I'm going to pick – I'm going to do my playoff teams, and then, Andrew, you can give your entire Western Conference, or and then and then I'll do my teams that missed the postseason in the Western Conference. For my predictions, the number one seed is going to be the Los Angeles Clippers, 66-16. and 16. If this team can put it all together, they're the best team in the NBA by far. Houston, right there behind them, four games behind. They're going to be a team that's going to be in contention all season long. 62 and 20. I just think if they put it all together, they're a scary, scary team to deal with. Number three seed, the Golden State Warriors at 56 and 26. Uh, all the Golden State Warrior fans are freaking out because they're only winning 56. People, 67 and 15 doesn't come around every single year. You're insane if you think that they're going to win 60 games again this season. They can do it, but can't, but what will they? Considering how much better the Western Conference has gotten, I don't think so. 56 and 26 at the third spot. For Golden State, then the fourth spot, the Northwest Division champions, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're going to be 55 and 27. They're going to be the fourth spot. I believe that's a pretty solid top four in the Western Conference for those four teams to make it. Those are the four championship contenders, I believe, in this division. And then the fifth seed, the fifth seed, my San Antonio Spurs. I think they're going to finish 53 and 29. 
I think they're going to be in the middle of the pack, and that's saying something because I still think San Antonio, if they put it all together, they can win the title. And then I agree with people. I agree with you, too, that this could be a down year for them from the standpoint of they might not win 50 games. But they're a postseason team, and if they get into the postseason, who knows? Greg Popovich always finds a way to be competitive. Six seed Memphis Grizzlies, forty nine and thirty one. I just think that they're hit, they've hit their ceiling as a team, and considering how much better these teams are getting in the Western Conference, the sixth spot at forty nine wins, I believe, is a pretty solid mark for them. They can win fifty, but I think forty nine is more realistic for them. And then at the at the seventh spot, my dark horse of the year. The Utah Jazz at 45 and 37. This team, again, if Rudy Gobert can be a top three center in the NBA, you better believe this Utah Jazz team has the capability of making the postseason. Maybe not winning a game, in the, maybe not winning a series in the postseason, but maybe winning a game and doing something with it and being being a relative uh, talking head coming into the next season, and then or the season after. And then the number eight spot, and this was difficult from the perspective of look, this team is going to be hurt a lot. I think the New Orleans Pelicans at 44 and 38 are going to get that eight spot. And they're going to be one of the scarier eight teams we we see just based on the fact that Anthony Davis can contend with any big man in the NBA. Who do you have for the entire Western Conference, Andrew? All right, to start, uh, first seed, I got the Clippers actually the best team in the NBA, 61 and 21. They're going to come into the year angry. So much talent on that team. Second seed, I got the Warriors at 59 and 23. Like you said, 67 wins doesn't happen every year. 59 is still an unbelievable year. At the third yeah. seed, I have my NBA Finals team. One of them, the Rockets, at 58 and 24. Um, awesome team. Going to have to deal with some injuries just because they got a lot of injury-prone players, but they'll still come out. James Harden might win MVP. Uh, my fourth seed, I got the Thunder. I know I said Kevin Durant isn't going to play. Um, you know, 60-plus games. But even with that, I still think this team plays anywhere 50-plus. This team's a 50-win team. 53-29 uh, and 29 for them is my four seed. My five seed, I have the Spurs. Like I said, 49 wins, 33 losses. Um, shock, it'll shock Spurs fans, but, you know, they're still a threat in the playoffs no matter what. As my six seed, I have the Grizzlies. Um you know, this is going to be one of the years they start to slip a little bit at 48 wins and 34 losses. At my seventh seed, I have the, the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Anthony Davis again, MVP candidate, 47 wins and 35 losses. Then my eighth seed is the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert, Alec Burks, who I like for some reason, even though he's not yeah. a huge part of the team. Um, at 45, same record you had him at 45 and 37. Now, the team just missing the playoffs, I actually have the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they're going to lose. They're, they're, they're going to have a very similar record to last year, maybe a few more wins. I have them at 41 wins this year and 41 losses. Then I actually, uh, as the 10 seed, Dallas Mavericks, I have them winning 38 games and losing 44. After that, uh, it gets interesting because you got a few teams you don't really know what to do with them. I have the Sacramento Kings at 35 wins. And then I jump to the Lakers, who are going to win 31 games. Uh, that's 51 losses. And then I actually have the Nuggets. Um, you know, I think the Nuggets could actually jump up the standings higher than that. Uh, but 30 wins, 52 losses. Tied with them, I have the Timberwolves at 30 wins and 52 losses. I'm really high on the Timberwolves. Uh, like We were talking on the phone yesterday. Um, this is something that can really carry this team, and you know you never want to turn death into a, you know you don't want to pair or put it with these sports because 
sports is so little compared to life. Um, but it right. could really carry this team uh, through the first month of the season. So I got them winning 30 games, uh, which, you know, this is the West, the 14 seed, 30 games. Uh, and then the last yeah. game, <laughs> I have them as the worst team in the NBA at 16 wins and 66 losses, the Portland Trailblazers. Yikes. Who did you have the Lakers? Where did you have the Lakers at again? Um, 13 at 31 wins. So yeah, 31. Okay. That's pretty good, actually. That's not a bad idea. So my bottom, my bottom is pretty similar to yours. Uh, the ones that didn't make the postseason, I had Phoenix, the exact same record. Phoenix is the definition of average. The guy is 40. They're going to, the, the team is going to be 41 and 41. I mean, that's pretty much what I see them doing, and they could hover around potentially being a postseason team near come season end. Could happen. Sacramento, I have them as a tenth spot. I have them being 37 and 45. They're gonna they're gonna just miss it as well. I think they just they just gonna run into some chemistry issues later on in the year, and they're gonna just implode within. But they're gonna be they're still gonna be a good team. They just have the talent. Just they just don't. They're just not good enough. Uh, Denver. 34 and 48. I think they're going to improve a lot. I think Emmanuel Moutier is going to run away with a Rookie of the Year award. That, again, kind of spoiler alert for preseason awards, but I got him doing that. And then, and then you got uh, the Dallas Mavericks at 33 and 49. They're going to take a large dip next season. They just they just have a team that could implode really quickly with their health, their age. They're they just they're just they're falling apart in front of us. And then I have a team in the Minnesota Timberwolves, again, 30 and 52. I think they're going to be the exact same thing. 30 wins is their ceiling, and I think they can touch that this year, not just because of the death of Flip Saunders, but that's definitely going to help them from the standpoint of, look, I mean, like you said, life is more important than sports, and they're going to, this, is going to, this is going to motivate them further than I think we think it's going to happen. And then my second, my second to worst team in the Northwest Division is the Portland Trailblazers. They're not going to win 30, but I think they're going to win 28. They still have a solid bench. Their bench and their starting lineup are pretty much the same. The only difference is that Damian Lillard is the guy running the running the show. I still think they're a solid team. They're just they just they're just not going to do anything. They're not going to be competitive. They're going to hover around that area and they're, they're just they're just going to be a 20 win, maybe even a 16 win team like you said. And then I had the Los Angeles Lakers. Again, I think people are insane for thinking this team's going to be unbelievable. I have them winning 25. You said 31. 31's not bad, but 25, I, I think considering last year how bad they were, they're still nowhere near where they need to be. If you think picking up Meta World Peace is going to get your team over the hump, you're, so, you're, you're, so, you're sorely insane. So I think, I, think, uh, I think that's what I have right there for the preview of the Western Conference and our predictions prior to the postseason. So preseason awards, I'll start off. We're going to do MVP, sixth man, rookie of the year, coach of the year, defensive player of the year, most improved. And then um, we'll jump right into what you want to say, Andrew. And then after you're done, I'll give my preseason first team, second team, and third team all NBA. So I'll do my part first. Preseason awards. All right. My MVP, my MVP, you better believe it. Russell Westbrook. This guy can come into this season. And I know Kevin Durant's going to be back. I know he's going to play a lot different. He always does when Kevin Durant comes back, and there's nothing wrong with that because that's going to help him with his ability to spread the floor because this guy has improved immensely from the year before. Russell Westbrook, a guy who I think can come into this season average an average 30-10. and 10. That is a potential possibility, and if you watched him late in the year last year, you know that that's a possibility of happening now. It can. It can happen. Will it? I don't think so. I think it's going to be more like a 27-8. and eight. 
But that's still MVP caliber numbers, people. And if he cuts down on his turnovers, you better believe that this guy, if he can get that team to 50, 50 50-plus wins, you're talking about a guy that's easily in the candidacy for MVP for this season. My sixth man of the year, and I mentioned this early on when I was doing my previews. Again, if you want to listen to all those, go back to CLNS Radio app and find them. Sixth man of the year is Rodney Stuckey. Reason being, he is going to need to step up and help this team. If, if I have the Indiana Pacers finishing third, a lot of things need to happen big time for this team. And Rodney Stuckey needing to step up and take that sixth man of the year award is going to need to be the case. Can he do it? Yes, he can. I saw him play in Detroit. I thought he was outstanding from a scoring perspective. And when you come off the bench, really all you're looking to do is provide that spark, provide that energy, get some buckets, rejuvenate your team if you're down, and, and, and kind of hold on to what's happening if, you're, if, if what's going good. So that's what I think Rodney Stuckey can do. Sixth man of the year for him. Emmanuel Moody, I just mentioned. I think he's going to run away with the, uh, with the rookie of the year, a la like a, like a Damian Lillard from about two, three years back. I can see him doing that very easily. Coach of the year, if you're going to win 66 games this season and it's your third year with the team, Doc Rivers is going to get it done. Doc Rivers, I think, will be my coach of the year. DeAndre Jordan, my defensive player of the year, he got robbed last year. I don't know, and I remember when I had Steve Krebs on the show, which I haven't talked to Steve in a while, but anyway, the point is is we talked about the defensive player of the year when the awards were given out last year, and as a Spurs fan, I was shocked that Kawhi Leonard got defensive player of the year. I, I, I think he's an outstanding defender. I think he's a top five defender at his, but I don't think he is the best defender at his position. I think LeBron was better than him defending last year. I, I'm just being honest. And what, what DeAndre Jordan did last season when Blake Griffin went out defensively was bar, bar none unbelievable because this team would have not done anything if it wasn't for DeAndre Jordan on the defensive side of the ball. Because obviously offensively he was kind of like the, he was kind of like the Robin, the Batman with, when it came to, uh, when it came to CP3 and that mentality. And he's always kind of just been an athletic freak in general, but defensively he was a monster last year. You better believe coming into this season, if he doesn't average two blocks a game, that this guy is just going to just, he is going to absolutely dominate on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's going to be DeAndre Jordan. And again, my most improved player based upon injuries is going to be Paul George because Paul George, he's going to pull like, he got hurt. Obviously he wasn't around. He didn't play very much last season. This year, I think if he finishes in the top three in the MVP candidacy, like I think he will, I can see this guy easily being most improved just based on the fact that he came back from a horrific injury. Speaking of, of, of awards, real quick before I throw it over to Andrew, my all-defensive team, because I, I wanted to really bring this out. DeAndre Jordan, I think, will be Defensive Player of the Year, but my other four candidates for Defensive Player of the Year might shock some people, but I don't think it should shock some people from multiple perspectives. At the power forward position, Anthony Davis. Come on now. The guy finished top five in Defensive Player of the Year again last year. He's going to do it again this year. He might even win Defensive Player of the Year this year. Who knows? And then Damari Carroll. He's going to be a huge defensive presence based upon a did in the Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron. He is going to be a huge defensive presence for that team this year, and he's going to need to be if they're going to be anything special in Toronto. And then I had Tony Allen. Tony Allen is the scariest. He is the guy I do not want to face if I have my own shooting guard facing him. He will lock you down, and you will do nothing about it. I think Tony Allen's the best defensive shooting guard in the NBA when healthy. And then I'm, I'm taking a swing at this one. I think Russell Westbrook's going to be on the all-defensive team this year. I think Russell Westbrook's going to win the MVP. I think he's going to steal a whole bunch of balls. I think he's going to block shots when we don't expect it. This is going to be an absolute freak of nature, what Russell Westbrook this season, and I see him getting on the all-defensive team. Andrew, take it away with the, the awards. 
All right, awards. I got MVP, and this might shock some people. I have Blake Griffin. I'm thinking this guy's going to get off towards the 25, 10, and 5 marks, which is just unheard of in today's NBA. Um, he, he's he's just too good to not eventually win an MVP. Um, my rookie of the year, I'm in the same boat as you. I think Emmanuel Moutier runs away with it. 15, 5, and, you know, 4 isn't out of the question. Coach of the year, I got Quinn Snyder taking, you know, we we both kind of jumped on this jazz bandwagon, and we're really on it to start the season, uh, you know, taking this team. My most improved player, if you listen to the bold predictions, you obviously know it's got to be Andre Drummond. This guy gets over 20 points a game this year, lock up most improved for him. This year is going to be phenomenal in, in the case of Patrick Beverly winning the sixth man of the year. My favorite reason for him winning the sixth man of the year this year is they're not just going to pick a chucker. They're going to see, you know, normally sixth man of the year is who can come in off the bench and take the most shots. Um, Jamal Crawford, you know, Nick Young's always in the conversation, Lou Williams. Uh, And this year they're going to pick a guy who has the most impact coming off the bench, and that's going to be Patrick Beverly. My defensive player of the year actually just changed. I had Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. um, And recently, you know, just – it's time for Anthony Davis. It's it's got to happen eventually yeah. with those arms that drag on the floor behind him. Uh, it, it's got to happen, and I'm going to predict that it's going to happen this year. As far as my all first team defense goes, at point guard I actually have John Wall. Uh, you know he's just not so a problem. Yeah, I don't have a problem. Athletic, so freakishly athletic. He can he can stay in front of anybody, including Russell Westbrook, anybody, including Kyrie Irving. Those handles. He can guard whoever he wants. At the two, and, you know, he's always been known as a very good defender, not a great defender. I think he takes the leap this year is Jimmy Butler. Um, We saw, you know, even though LeBron's scoring on him in the Eastern Conference final or the the Eastern Conference semifinals, we saw what he can do against great players. He can really play defense. Uh, At at the three, Kawhi Leonard, uh, one of the best defenders in the NBA. He's phenomenal. Uh, obviously, at the four, my defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis. And then at the five, DeAndre Jordan will jump on there, although he still does get lost sometimes on defense. Um, his impact when he when he knows what's going on and he's really part of the play is, is almost unheard of. And then uh, you have your all-rookie team, Andrew. I don't have an all-rookie team. You seem to know more about that. What do you have on your all-rookie team? Yeah, my all-rookie team, again, obviously I'm starting with my rookie of the year, Emmanuel Moutier. Like I said, five and a half and four isn't out of the question. Um, and, you know, the, at the two-guard, I actually think they'll put a three there in Justice Winslow. You know, he'll play a little bit of both. Uh, you know, ten points per game, two assists, three rebounds, not out of the question. At the three, I have a top three finisher in the rookie of the year, my hometown Stanley Johnson. I think mean, he'll be anywhere from 12 to 14 points two to three assists and five to six rebounds. But, but I think the thing that really puts him over will be his shooting percentage. I think he'll, you know, he's, he has such a high basketball IQ. Uh, I think, you know, you could see him shoot anywhere from 49 to 52% this year. At the four, and this might shock some people, I really like Trey Lyles. Um, he can rebound, yeah. he can defend, he can, he, he's not a great scorer, but he can score, you know, when you need him to get you eight points a game, get you eight rebounds, get you a block. Um, you know, I think he'll be a sneaky candidate for the all-rookie team. And, you know, he's on a young team. Um, and then at the five, it's really a toss-up between Carl Anthony Towns, who I think can be anywhere from 14 points a game, 10 rebounds, and an assist, or Jalil Okafor, who I think is going to have more chances. Um, Jalil Okafor comes in and he's automatically, you know, the number one option. 
I think Jalil Okafor is looking at 10 or 15, 10, and 2 for a stat line, and I think he rounds out that all-rookie. It's not bad. That's not a bad option at well. I was I was thinking Carl Anthony Towns, like you said, the center position. I was even thinking maybe you'd say Chris Stapps Porzingis, considering how high you have the Knicks winning the amount of games they have this year. I like the Stanley Johnson pick. Justice Winslow's not a bad option. Maybe even Mario Hazonia, depending upon his uh, capability to impact the, the the Orlando Magic off the bench. Honestly, I think if Mario Hazonia plays really well this season. Uh, for the Orlando Magic, and the Orlando Magic shock people and win 40 games, which they could do. They could win 40 games if all goes well, and he has a big part in it. You could see him potentially making an all-rookie NBA team, first team at least, maybe even second team, depending upon how well they do. Now, our first and second team and third team all-NBA. Andrew, give me yours, and then I'll give you mine. All right, my first team All-NBA, uh, you know, my point guard is going to be Russell Westbrook. I think he's the best point point guard in the game. Uh, it's, you know, Curry, Paul, they're, of course, there. Uh, but I think Russell Westbrook takes first team All-NBA honors home with him. First team All-NBA shooting guard, uh, top five MVP candidate in James Harden. I think he should have won it last year. I think he's obviously far and away the best shooting guard in the league. Uh, first team All NBA small forward LeBron James. Who else could it be if Kevin Durant stays healthy? Of course he's there, but if Kevin Durant stays healthy, they'll find a way to put him and LeBron both in the first team. Uh, my first team All NBA power forward, you got Anthony Davis. Um, you know he's actually in my. He'll finish third in the MVP voting, and you know that that's my prediction. It goes uh, Blake Griffin. Uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and then my center, they'll throw two power forwards in there. They'll obviously put Blake Griffin in there. Um, you know, the, in my, in my predictions, of course, I said the MVP is Blake Griffin, so he's got to be first team All-NBA. Um, second team All-NBA at the point, I'm looking at Steph Curry. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he'll do an MVP season like he had last year, but he's still a great point guard. He's still going to get you an absurd amount of points off absurd amount of fun to watch him, which honestly factors into this because people got to vote, and people vote for, you know, who they like. It's just human nature. Uh, second team, all-NBA shooting guard, Jimmy Buckets. Uh, Derrick Rose has to give him the keys this year to the car. He's got to let him drive. He's got to put his, let him put his foot down on the throttle. Derrick Rose is going to start facilitating a little more, score a little bit less points, and he's got to be okay with that. One, it'll help his health. Two, it'll help his team. Second team All NBA small forward Carmelo Anthony. Uh, obviously, he's Kevin wow. Durant, but he's, I, I, I don't think he's going to be that healthy. Carmelo Anthony, like you often say, one of the best, if not the best, court like ever step foot on a basketball court. The way this guy can score the ball is absurd. And if he stays healthy with a little bit of help around him, you know, especially being in New York, he's really going to stand out. Second team All NBA power forward. Um, I am looking at. They're gonna, I think they're going to throw two centers on here. Um, and, you know, the first one you can actually make the case is kind of a power forward. He can step out to the mid-range. Would be DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who could also finish top five in the MVP voting. He could jump into that first-team All-NBA. He, he's a freak of nature. Uh, you know, he's yeah. just got to start to get some guys on his side. He's got to, you know, he's got to calm down. He's got to really focus on team more than he focuses on himself. Second-team All-NBA center, 20 points, 14 rebounds a game. Andre Drummond taking home the honors, you know, most improved player. He's going to be something to watch this year. As far as my third team All NBA, you know, I, I like to call it the uh, honorable mention. 
Uh, at point guard, yep. I got John Wall over Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul is going to sit some games this year. Wow. Not necessarily he's going to be hurt. I just think he's going to, you know, he, he knows he's older. He knows he's going to have to go through a long playoff run. Uh, he has no cartilage in his knee, as we all know. So I think it's, you know, he's going to look at more like 65 to 70 games this year. Few injury games missed, nothing major. A few games he's just sitting. So I got John Wall. He's going to get up towards 18 points, 10 assists. Um, at my shooting guard, I got Clay Thompson. You know, and after these three shooting guards, it really drops off. He yeah. has good shooting guards. You don't got great shooting guards after that. Um, third team, all NBA. And this might shock people. Like I said, Kevin Durant's hurt. Kawhi Leonard, I think, is a bit overrated. Gordon Hayward, third team, all NBA. This guy's going to get up towards that 20 yeah. mark, five, re- five to seven rebounds four to six assists. You know, he, he really does it all. He plays the game the right way. And especially if if the Jazz start making this run that me and you are predicting to them to make, he's going to get more and more and more attention. So when he's dropping 25 and five, 20 points, five rebounds, five assists, yeah. you know, that yeah. that's going to get noticed. Um, so, he, yeah. you know, that could have went in my bold predictions. Gordon Hayward, third-team All-NBA. I wasn't high on him the first couple of years, but he's really grown on me. Um, third-team All-NBA power forward. He's a guy who, no matter if his team only wins 49 games, he's going to get his numbers. And that's uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, LA 12. Absolutely. In there. And then third-team All-NBA, if healthy. I don't want to predict healthiness for him because it's been rare the last couple of years. Dwight Howard at the center. You can exchange him with Marcus All. You can exchange him with a bunch of people throughout the league. You know, Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gobert, a, a lot of those guys, you know, in a deep center league. They don't put up the numbers they used to put up, but there's a lot of very good centers. Uh, so Dwight Howard rounds out my third team All-NBA. My All-NBA first team, and I'm just going to tell it like it is. This is how it should have been last year, people, because I was upset from multiple perspectives, and I understood why. Steph Curry was first-team All-NBA for point guard, but I honestly thought with the way Russell Westbrook played all season long, especially in the second half, how could you have not put this guy at first-team All-NBA? And I can guarantee you with the way he's going to come out this year and prove everybody wrong, Russell Westbrook will be the first-team All-NBA point guard without a doubt, hands down. Russell Westbrook, James Harden at the shooting guard, LeBron James at the small forward, Anthony Davis at the power forward, and DeMarcus Cousins at the center. Can that please be our our uh, our Olympic team coming into 2016? I really want to see that. I really, really want to see that. Because we would – I don't think – I think if you put China against us, they would get beat by 90. Like, I don't even think they would score 20 points. I think we would destroy them if that was our starting lineup in the in the, in the Olympics coming up this year. Because that is a That'd scary so team. Fun. DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins would actually eat somebody. Anthony Davis might actually, like, squeeze someone to death. LeBron James would dunk over everybody, and James Harden would literally foul and get to the line. Like, that's what would happen. And Russell Westbrook, he would – I think he would actually come from the ceiling and dunk. Like, he can fly. And it would – it's just – it would be insane if that was our, our Olympic team. But that's that's who I see as the first team. Second team All-NBA, uh, a couple of – I got a couple of um, – I was very close to putting DeAndre Jordan in the All-NBA squad, but then I thought about his offense, and I thought, well, no, nah, I don't think so. Marcus Saul is going to be second-team All-NBA center. He should have been last year. I liked how he played last year. He definitely was a top-two center, but it was frustrating to see him get that first spot and DeMarcus Cousins not. So, But I'm going to put him at the second spot just based on the fact he got paid. His, he might not do as well. He's going to be great, but he's not going to do as well as he did last year. I got Blake Griffin at the second spot. I know you have him as your MVP. It wouldn't shock me if he finished in that first spot as well, either taking away from Anthony Davis or if Anthony Davis takes the Marcus Cousins spot and Blake Griffin takes the power forward. 
I wouldn't have a problem with that either. But I think Blake Griffin's going to finish in that second spot automatically. Paul George, if he's going to be in the top three spot for the for the uh, uh, MVP race, he's got to finish in the second team All-NBA. Jimmy Butler, like you said, second team as well. Chris Paul. I have Chris Paul at the second spot. Reason being, he was an all-defensive player last year, which I think was a little overrated, but the guy was is still an outstanding defensive basketball player for the small position he plays. And then you also have in the third team, All-NBA, and this is why I think Steph Curry's going to miss it, John Wall. I mean, I'm telling you, the, the, people need to understand something about the NBA right now. We are in an era of golden – we're in the golden era of point guards. We just are. There are legitimately 10, 15 point guards in the NBA right now where if you place them in any other era in the NBA, they would be Hall of Famer superstar type players. I mean, there are so many good point guards in the NBA, and I agree with you from the standpoint of CP3. This might be his last year where he's ultimately an all-NBAer and an all-league type of player because he is falling off, and you can see it on a yearly basis. But I still think he's good enough to be a top two, top three point guard in the NBA. And considering how good this L.A. Clippers team is, you almost have to put him in the top three just based upon how good they should be. And if they are as good as we think they are, then he's definitely got to be in the top three, maybe even number two. But I have John Wall at number three on the All-NBA team. Clay Thompson, like you said, after, after those three guys and Harden, Butler, and Thompson, it really drops off. Bradley Beal and maybe even DeMar DeRozan might be there, but but that's the only other guy I can think of is Clay Thompson. And you said Kevin Durant might not make it to – he said he might make the first team All-NBA based upon people liking him. I actually think if he's not healthy and being the way you say he might be, he might only make it a third team All-NBA this year. A guy who makes who only plays 65, 70 games generally doesn't get a first team All-NBA uh, announcement. Now, if he can play out of his mind and play the Kevin Durant, we know he can. I better believe he's going to be at least in the all-team third team, which would be outstanding because I could totally see that. LaMarcus Aldridge, like you said, I agree with you wholeheartedly. He's going to be the power forward in the third-team All-NBA. And then, I, as I predicted earlier in the show, Rudy Gobert at the, at the, th- at the center spot in the, on the third-team All-NBA. Look, if the Utah Jazz, like you said, are going to make the run we say they're going to make, there's got to be a Utah Jazz in one of these areas. And it could either be Gordon Hayward, it could either be Rudy Gobert, could be one of the two. could be both. You never know. But it all depends on how they vote. Again, it all depends on what happens. Again, you're listening to the Hooper's Log here on CLNS Radio through Blog Talk Radio. It is October 26, 2015. We have done our previews for the Eastern and Western Conference, our awards. We've given our bold predictions. We've done it all here. FanDuel, again, if you do FanDuel, if you want to start it, it starts tomorrow. Pick a team of nine players, two point guards, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two power forwards, and one center shoot. Pick all of the guys we just picked in the first team, second team, third team, all NBA. Probably can't because it'll be so expensive, but the point is, is they're available. And if you want to pick those guys and get them going, you definitely can. Again, leagues start at just $1. And if you join now, you can use the promo code, the first 50 people that use the code CELTICS. C-E-L-T-I-C-S. Don't forget to use it. If you use it, you'll get, a, you'll get a cash payout to match your first $200. Again, you'll get all of that going for you. If you join and jump on to FanDuel.com today, that's FanDuel.com, F-A-N-D-U-L-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. Okay, we got our playoff predictions coming up next segment. We got one song to get you going to that point, and we'll be right back right after that. We'll break down our playoff predictions and our NBA Finals predictions. Look, I'm performing tonight. You know that shit gonna be packed. 
penny in advance and make sure that it's exact. My ex-girl will probably show up for the simple fact that tomorrow she can tell all of her friends it was whack. Well, smoke that dough. This about me. They say my whole fan base is missing ID. But the young trans setting musician IB got critics giving up the recognition ID. Nerve. Never bring your missus by me. I'm it. I'm it. Call me Mr. IT. If I get one wish, I'ma wish to die free. They say go ahead, ball like Mrs. Irie. And I do. The realest in my age group, no shit. Soho, Cosmo, Bob, Mark, Blowfish. Let's make a toast. Tell your friends, come closer. Drinks on me like a coaster. We doing it big. Look at what I done. Look at where I'm in. It's only just begun. Cause I was staying home when they was having fun. So please don't be surprised when they announce that I won. And this is how my speech goes. I deserve this shit, I deserve this shit, I deserve this shit. That's all I gotta say, at the top is where I stay, until my haters never go away. The winner, the winner. Long awaited, hated, fans see me out and they holler happy belated. It's about time that you made it, I was bumping your songs when nobody else played it. When I was up at high beats in Atlanta, steady giving that. Fetching niggas drinks, but I never got the rap. If anybody asked, though, I probably would have snapped, but I can't buy nothing so my my lawyer gets the back hand. No one decides what the definition of talent is. And Mrs. Murray, look at what my talent did and where your business is. It's been a couple years. Yes, it's not about who you know, it's just how you balance it. It's always awkward to dummy a nigga artist to get on someone's song where you know you coming the hardest. It's how you start acting when nobody can reach you. My plans just hatch. Happy Easter. And I'm doing it big. Look at what I've done. Look at where I'm in. It's only just begun. Cause I was staying home when they was having fun. So please don't be surprised when they announce that I won. And this is how my speech goes. I deserve this shit, I deserve this shit, I deserve this shit. That's all I gotta say, at the top is where I stay, and tell my haters never go away. The winner, the winner. Uh, okay, I do it for the love. Bunk bear flow, always one level above. If I'm in your starting five, you will never need a sub. And I'm never looking down, so I always know what's up. A lot of people saying fuck me. Problem is, they be telling everybody but me. But I always got a Starbucks verse being brewed too hot. Please, please double cup me. They never gave me support like Chuck T. And I never trust a nigga saying trust me. Nick Cannon and Will never did it this ill. So you tell a house band, don't you dare interrupt me. Thanks to my mother for never giving up. You deserve the world now, go on, live it up. Thanks to Uncle Steve, my hero who always saved us. I could never give back everything you gave us. And to my dad, even though we was apart, I couldn't leave you out. You forever in my heart, yeah. And in the name of Evelyn Cher, I forever forgive anybody that never was there. For me, no other woman could ever compare. My angel, I hope heaven prepare for whenever you there. Revolutionary flow in every scenario Coming through your stereo Got a new chick, booty round like the merry-go Bitches like, where yeah, And be like, there you go And this verse deserve a burial Don't cry for me, this ain't motherfucking Mario Yeah, and Polo isn't at my session It's the anticipation keeping everybody guessing like Look at what I've done Look at where I'm in It's only just begun Cause I was staying home when they was having fun So please don't be surprised when they announce that I won And this is how my speech goes I deserve this shit, I deserve this shit, I deserve this shit. That's all I gotta say, at the top is where I stay, until my haters never go away.
Welcome on back to the Hooper's Log. You are listening to the NBA preseason prediction show here for 2015-2016. It is our time to break down our NBA postseason predictions and who we think is ultimately going to win the NBA Finals. We're going to start off with the Eastern Conference. We're not going to talk about the NBA Finals first. We're just going to talk about what's going to happen in the Eastern Conference playoffs as they go through and who we think is going to win the Eastern Conference championship. That's what we're going to, we're going to talk about. I think you pretty much know who we already know who we're going to talk about. We already pretty much have the same team going. It just depends on the flow, and we're here to talk about the route in which it will go. I'll go first, and then I'll give Andrew the spotlight for his Eastern Conference, and then we'll do the Western Conference the same way. My Eastern Conference, and this is who I have, Cleveland will play Milwaukee as the one versus the eight. Toronto will be the four versus the five. Toronto will play Miami. The three is the Indiana. Six is Atlanta. And then we have the two is Chicago playing number seven in Washington. Cleveland is going gonna, is gonna to beat Milwaukee four to two. Reason being is Milwaukee has the length to compete, and they're going to make the series competitive. And I think that's going to give Cleveland an understanding of, look, there are teams that are like Milwaukee in the postseason but better. We need to step up our game. It's going to be a wake-up call. They're going to be fine. They're going to do well. They're going to win. But they're going to have a wake-up call and understanding, look, we can't be lazy. Because of the length of Milwaukee, Cleveland's going to be like, okay, we're going into the second round and we're going to play harder. We're going to play better. We're going to dominate. So this is going to be their wake-up call. They're going to win, they're going to win in six, 4-2 over Milwaukee in the first round. Second, the next first-round matchup, Toronto and Miami. Miami is, I'm telling you, people, if they weren't hurt last year, they would have made a deep run. Who knows how deep? They probably would not have made it to the NBA championship. They would have gone deep. Miami's going to beat Toronto. Reason being, again, when Toronto gets to the postseason, they don't have any to win the matchup. They don't have a deep bench to really, really do much. And Miami has somewhat of a bench coming into this postseason. They have a team that knows what it takes to win in the postseason. They have a coach that knows what it takes to get this far. Miami's the better team playoff team-wise. Not regular season, playoff team. Miami's going to beat Toronto in six, four to two. Again, they're going to go into the next round, and they're going to play Cleveland. Indiana is going to play Atlanta. This is going to be one of the better series we're going to see all postseason. Indiana and Atlanta are going to go seven. I honestly don't know who could win. It could be either or. I think Indiana is going to win based upon the fact that Paul George outmatches their small forward position because Atlanta does not have Damari Carroll anymore. I honestly think that's the main difference. You can still get the ball to Monte Ellis. George Hill can run the point. Atlanta has Jeff Teague. They have big men down low to match up with Indiana. But Indiana has that one guy, and Paul George is that one guy. They'll win it in seven, Indiana will, and they'll go into the next round. The next, the last first-round matchup that I have, Chicago and Washington. Washington, again, can match up with Chicago in that backcourt. I'm telling you, this is going to be one of the more entertaining series to watch from a backcourt perspective. Both teams have two of the best backcourts in the NBA when healthy, and that's going to be where the bread and butter is going to be. The problem is the Bulls will destroy the, the Washington Wizards up front with that front court and Pau Gasol and Joe Kim Noah. They're just, they're just too physical up front. They're too offensively sound, too fundamentally sound up front at the front court position. They're going to dominate Washington down low in that perspective. They're going to beat Washington in six, and they're going to go on and face Indiana in the second round in the semifinals. Cleveland and Miami. Look, like I said, Cleveland is going to get a wake-up call from Milwaukee, the Young Bucks. They're going to get a wake-up call, and they're going to go into Miami, and they're going to destroy them. I think, in, I think Cleveland wins that series in five, and they go on to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they just they kind of show Miami. And it's going to be one of the more popular series to watch because it's going to be the first time LeBron plays Miami uh, in the playoffs. It's going, to be, it's going to be a lot of drama off the court, but I think Cleveland's just going to absolutely throttle them because they're just more talented. Dwayne Wade at that point in time of the season, who knows, maybe he'll be walking on three legs. 
with the crutches on the sidewalk. He, he's not going to, he is not going to be healthy by this time of the year, Dwayne Wade. And Iman Shumpert, if he's healthy, there's no way, there's no way anyone on that team's getting anything. So Cleveland's going to win that one in five over Miami and they'll go to the Eastern conference finals to face Indiana. Indiana is just better than Chicago from the perspective of look, I mean, Mike Dunleavy, if you think Mike Dunleavy is going to do anything to Paul George, who at this point should be a top three NBA MVP candidate, you know, and Derek Rose, if you think he's healthy, against a guy like uh, George Hill, where George Hill's not amazing, but he's, he's pretty good. And then you got a guy in Monte Ellis where Jimmy Butler can shut him down, but Jimmy Butler's really going to be focusing on Monte Ellis and only Monte Ellis. Now, the big men for Chicago were great. I think they're good. The problem is, is I'm telling you, Paul George is going to be that much of a difference. Indiana wins in five. They get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And like you said, Andrew, Cleveland's going to sweep. They're going to sweep Indiana. They're going to go to the Eastern. They're going to go to the NBA Finals, and they're going to represent for the Eastern Conference. What do you have for the Eastern Conference? All right, to start my one versus eight, I got the Cavs sweeping my Pistons. You know, I think, I think an Andre Drummond mastery game could result in maybe one win for the Pistons, but I do actually have the Cavs sweeping. Then I got the Bulls going over the Heat in seven. I think the Heat are going to go up, you know, two zero to start. But then it's just going to be back and forth, and the Bulls will actually uh, take it away. Um, then I got the Pacers in seven, taking out the Wizards in the first round. Uh, it's really interesting, you know, who if the Wizards can make that jump this year. But I actually have them losing the first round. Then I have Atlanta making a return to the Eastern Conference semifinals, beating the Raptors in six. Uh, in the second round, here's my one loss that the Cavs have. Uh, in the Eastern Conference playoffs, I think they beat the Bulls in five, um, except I think four, the four games they do win are just ugly. I think they basically dismantle the Bull limb from limb, uh, Walking Dead style. Who, if anybody out there watched last night, I have conspiracies. Tweet at, <laughs> tweet at, tweet at talk B-ball now if you want to talk about it because I need somebody to talk about it with. <laughs> um, and then we got... In the other Eastern Conference semifinals matchup, I actually have the Hawks making a return to the Eastern Conference Finals, beating the Pacers wow. in seven. But then uh, that dream of, oh, maybe we didn't do it last year, maybe we can do it this year, gets ripped away when LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love, and the rest of the Cavaliers sweep them right out of town uh, to go to the finals. Um, just like last now, year. <laughs> just. Just like last year, it'll be eight straight losses to the Cavs in the playoffs, if not more. Who knows? Back in the day, it'll it'll be ugly. It'll be kind of sad, in all honesty. But it'll be they'll sweep them out. They'll be well rested for the finals. Now, when we get over to the West, uh, I actually have the Clippers taking out the Jazz in five. You know, this is a great first step for the Jazz, getting a playoff win, getting some experience, waiting for the next year. Um, you know, maybe adding a piece, maybe trading for a DeMar DeRozan when the Raptors lose in the first round, you know, and they go into rebuild mode. Who knows? But I got the Clippers taking out the Jazz in five. I got Golden State taking out the Pelicans, but this year I think it goes seven. I think Anthony Davis has the series of his life, and he takes them to seven. Again, you know, and let me just preface all this by saying we have no idea right now, but this is, you know, if from this point right now, this is what we see. Um, you know, the Pelicans taking Golden State to seven. Um, my my three-versus-six matchup, I got the Grizz losing in six games to the Rockets. And then in my four-versus-five matchup, I got the four-seed Thunder losing to the Spurs in seven. Um, getting on to the 
yeah. conference semifinals. I got the Clippers over over Golden State in seven. Uh, you know, Clippers yeah. got a five game series in the first series. Epic I think that series. gives yeah, epic. Oh my God, it'll be a, it'll be unreal. Uh, but I think that that rest will give them the edge over Golden State in the conference semifinals. Uh, and I think they are the better rested team when it comes to Game Seven, and they'll they'll take it from Golden State. Ruin the dreams of a back-to-back title. Then I got the Rockets over your Spurs in six. Uh, I think it'll be, I think it'll be kind of an ugly series for the Spurs. Um, I think that if this Rockets team is healthy by that point in time, um, that the, it, they'll really come as a shock to the Spurs. I don't think people are going to give the Rockets the respect, kind of like they won't give the Clippers yeah. the respect. Uh, just every year, yeah. you know, it's, oh, they're choking, oh, they're choking. But really, they just haven't been good enough. It's not choking. They're playing well. They're doing, you know, but it's just they haven't reached that next level. This year, I think they do. And then in my conference finals, I have it going seven games in one of the best series we will ever watch, and the Rockets taking out the Clippers in game seven. Oh. And let the Chris Paul jokes go. Let the Chris Paul fan, you know, he can't, he can't win big games. Chris Paul will play his heart out. Blake Griffin, the MVP, will play his heart out. DeAndre Jordan might get 35,000 rebounds in that game, but the Rockets are going to find a way. Um, Even if it's James Harden getting to the foul line 30 times, I mean, they'll find a way. So, obviously, with that, I have the Cavs and the Rockets in the finals. And I'll give you my Western Conference now real quick. I got the Los Angeles Clippers playing the Pelicans. I think the Clippers will get it done in, in six games. They just have a better front court than the, than the uh, from an overall perspective than New Orleans right now. Obviously, Anthony Davis is outstanding and amazing, but Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan is just too much down low, and Chris Paul is going to destroy Tyreek Evans, the guy, uh, early on in that series. Then you have in the next series, which is going to be amazing, seven-game series, Oklahoma City and the San Antonio Spurs. Look, I'm picking the Spurs, from the Spurs not from the perspective of it's my team, but honestly, Kevin Durant, if he's healthy by then, he's going to be in shambles. Just, I think he's barely going to make it, to be honest. I don't think he's going to be able to contend as much as people think. Russell Westbrook is probably going to be gassed by then. This team is really going to have to perform on all cylinders in the starting rotation throughout the season to just get this far. And the Spurs will be well-rested, ready to go, and they're going to make it a seven-game series, and they're going to pull through heading into the next series versus the Clippers in the semifinals. Then Golden State's going to win in seven over the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis just isn't talented enough. Golden State can get through it in the seven-game series. They'll find a way to get to the second round. Then Houston will beat Utah. Utah Utah is just too young. Getting a postseason victory would be a win for this season. I think that's what will happen. Houston will win in five. Houston goes on and plays the Golden State Warriors in a rematch of the Western Conference Finals from last year. Los Angeles Clippers – they're going to beat the Spurs in five, I'm telling you. After what they did last year, after what they're going to do this season, they're going to have more confidence. They're going to destroy the Spurs. I honestly just think the Spurs just aren't good enough. And where this Clippers team's going to be, they have a couple teams in front of them who they know were better than them in Golden State and Houston, and they're going to face them as well. And they're in, I, think Houston's going to be, I think Houston's going to beat Golden State from the perspective of they just have a better front court. They have a better team overall right now than Golden State. And after what happened last year, I think they're motivated to beat this team and they're going to get it done. It's going to be the Clippers in Houston, like you said as well. I just think the Clippers are, after what happened last year against Houston being up 3-0, they are not going to let that happen again. They're going to be up 3-0 again. I think Houston gets one win, and that's going to wake them up, and Doc Rivers is going to just play highlight tapes all day long of what happened in the last, last series last year. 
Clippers are going to roll. They're going to win 4-1 in that series. They're going to play the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. Who do you have in your Finals prediction, Andrew? I got the Cavs beating the Rockets in five games to go 16-2 and throughout the playoffs. Just absolutely dominate and dismantle everybody. They see LeBron goes and gets the third ring. Kevin Love and Kyrie are going to get their first, and it's just going to be awesome to see the city of Cleveland get a title. And LeBron will be MVP, right? Of course. Absolutely. Uh, And in my prediction, this is more of a – I hate to couch my bet, but to be honest, if this series is anything less than seven, it's going to go to the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to win it in six ultimately, but I can guarantee you this. The Clippers will have home home court advantage, but if the Cleveland Cavaliers – excuse me? If the Cleveland Cavaliers can find a way to push this to seven, you can guarantee everything and bet the house, bet the mortgage, bet the children. I'm telling you, the Cleveland Cavaliers will not lose a game seven. It won't happen. If there's a game seven, they will win it, and LeBron will go for something like 40, 20, and 15. He's going to be stupid with it. And I think, I think, but I think, the, I think the Clippers will win it if it goes six. If not, the Cavs will win it in seven. That is our prediction show, everybody. We have NBA basketball starting tomorrow. Real NBA basketball. Not just preseason Mamba Jam, but real NBA basketball. We're not going to be on the air tomorrow, but we will be on the air on Wednesday for you. Wednesday, October 28th, same time, same place. Expect a long show for us kind of recapping opening night, talk about some things, talk about the TNT crew, just bring up some fun things and give you everything we can about the Hoopers Log more. It's going to be an amazing opening night. Thank you again for listening to our preview and our predictions. Again, I have the Clippers in six, and Andrew has the, has the Cleveland Cavaliers in five. That's our predictions. Anything else you want to say, Andrew? Thank you guys all for listening, and as I say every time, peace. All right, everybody. Have a fantastic day and enjoy. Enjoy the beginning portion of the season. It's going to be amazing. Have a great day.